This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. It's the end of the year, a good time to take stock and look ahead. And here in Toronto, we're headed into an election year, which is sure to have a huge impact on how the city's business is done. So how are we doing? And what are your questions, your concerns, your comments? The mayor of Toronto is in the house. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Welcome, John Tory. Thank you, Libby. Okay. So I am going to start by letting you crow a little bit. You've had this job for three years. What do you see as your biggest accomplishment, and what is the piece of business that still needs the most doing? Well, uh, on the sort of proud accomplishments, I guess I came to office uh, with a a crucial necessity of restoring honesty and integrity and and, uh, stability to the mayor's office and respect for the mayor's office and for the mayor by the people because that had been badly hurt by what had gone on in prior years. And uh, I think people really are going to have to focus on whether they want to go back to that. But I I, I think we've done that, uh, and not to the point of perfection, but I think we've done it. Uh, We had to reestablish proper partnerships with the other governments because they are necessary to funding those files that are the big ones you were alluding to, which are transit and housing. And I had to form really, you know, respectful, cooperative partnerships with those governments to succeed, frankly, in getting billions of dollars from them that we didn't have before. And then get on with building the transit. And and so I'm happy about all of that, that we're not all the way there by any means at all. But, you know, if you look at transit alone and traffic, I mean, transit, we have kids traveling under free. We have have under 12 free. We have a low-income transit pass. We have hundreds of new buses that have been delivered. We have the subway open an hour earlier on Sunday morning. We have the 66 bus routes canceled by the Ford administration restored. Um, And on it goes. On traffic, we have new technology, employed uh, smart technology for the first time on traffic. We have enforcement blitzes. We have, um, you know, all kinds of different measures in this way. There are unfinished business of the same files. We've got to keep moving forward, building the transit. We've got to do it in cooperation with the other governments. And we have to continue to make more progress on housing. We've made some. For the first time, for example, we've had a breakthrough with the province that did give us $300 million to help repair Toronto community housing, whereas before they'd given us nothing. But that's not enough. I mean, they should be giving a one-third share of the repair bill. So I've got to keep working at that and increasing the supply of affordable housing. So there's lots to be done uh, going forward. But I think we've had significant accomplishments, but especially that business of stabilizing uh, the mayor's office and the city council and working properly with the city council compared to the chaos that people saw before. Okay. In your in your opening statement, you said people have to be sure to consider whether they want to go back to the chaos. So are you suggesting that if you're uh, a your current only opponent, Doug Ford, is elect, elected, that'll be back to chaos? Well, the, the, people can judge for themselves what they think of his style and what they think of his approach. And he was the ringmaster that was, you know, in the previous administration. So in that sense, um, you know, they've had a chance to see what they get. 
uh, in an administration uh, that he's very much a part of, which include cut bus routes. It includes chaos with city council. It includes even to this day. Uh, you know, you cannot in this job, if you want to have a partnership with the other governments, belittle and insult the leaders of those parties, including the ones that aren't in office, because you're one election away from the opposition leader of the day being in office. And then that's the person you have to deal with across the table who you might have belittled or insulted. And you don't hear me doing that because I, my job is not to be partisan. My job is to be partisan on the Toronto party, the Toronto team. Uh, and that's what I'm doing is advancing the interests of the city, standing up for the city when I have to, but most of all, working with these other governments to get the support we need in this city to build transit, to build more affordable housing, to fix the Toronto community housing, and so on. And so people will judge for themselves what they think they'll get with anybody else that runs. With me, I think I'm a known commodity. I'm far from perfect, uh, but I, you know, I think people have seen what they're going to get. Okay, people. I mean, um, I'd like to hear... What you think, um, uh, Mayor John Tory, is warning that we are going back to the chaos, and there is no question that the last administration was very chaotic uh, and disrespectful. Do you think that will happen if uh, Doug Ford becomes the mayor? The numbers to call 416 360 toll free 1 866 740 Mayor Tory, I want to talk about some issues that that we are very concerned with here. Uh, That is Vision Zero, and that is pedestrian safety, pedestrian deaths, particularly for older people. Um, I'm going to look at uh, the numbers here. So uh, from last year to this year, um, there are fewer pedestrian deaths, 42 last year, 32 this year. Uh, and still way too many. Still way too many. And overall, the number is also smaller, from 76 to 56 total deaths. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was on the phone with the Toronto Police Traffic Services, and they uh, wouldn't say what the reason for that is. But do you think that any of the changes have contributed have contributed to that drop? and, and I hope so. I mean, otherwise, why would you do them? But I, I think the, you know, the number we've set is zero. So any number that's above zero is one that uh, is uh, seeing us fail to meet the goal that we've set. Um, and we have been proceeding to accelerate uh, the changes that have to be made. And, you know, if, especially of interest to us sitting here today, Libby, is the fact that uh, a goodly number, like a, a majority, I think I'm safe in saying, of 55-plus age, like so not all seniors, but a majority are people who are, you know, in that 55 plus age group. And so some of the changes we're making, for example, are to designate senior zones and, and sign them in a very visible manner and even, even in fact, to create um, additional crossings of the street because we recognize the fact that people were being struck because they wouldn't walk down to the corner across the street and walk all the way back if they were going straight across the street to the store or to the library. And so those are the kinds of changes that we're making. We've accelerated how we're making those changes. Uh, we've accelerated the repainting, resignaling, and other things of the intersections, putting in signs, lowering speed limits. But we obviously are going to have to keep doing more because in the end, um, it's about making sure people can walk around and cycle around the city and drive around the city in a safe manner. But the onus, I've always said, has to rest on the people that are surrounded by two tons of steel uh, because uh, they are surrounded by two tons of steel, which pedestrians and cyclists are not. Okay. um, Let's talk about traffic congestion because that's another huge thing. Okay. So we've seen some blitzes and it works for a while, but the blitz ends. And then after that, you still have people blocking lanes during rush hour or whatever. Um, we have the very controversial King Street pilot project. 
it's cut a few minutes off travel times, but the merchants are are upset because their business is down as a result of it. Uh, and uh, there's a, a lot of bike lanes. The Bloor Street bike lanes are becoming permanent. Some people love them. A lot of people hate them. Yeah, I, I think the public opinion polling has indicated that more people like them and understand them more so than like them. I mean, my job is to balance interests in 2017, not 1957. And in <laughs> Toronto, um, there's a, and there's nothing wrong with 1957. I was three years old then. It was a great time. But uh, the bottom line is in 2017, we have the need for uh, an acknowledgement of the fact there are many people sharing roadways that really can't be expanded. They are as wide as they are. The sidewalks are as wide as they are, and there are buildings on either side of them. So what you have to do is decide you're going to repurpose some of those spaces to make sure everybody who wants to use that space can do so. And that includes transit vehicles and drivers and cyclists and pedestrians and delivery vehicles and so forth. And so does that mean change? Yes. Do people like change? Uh, some people, no. Uh, on King Street, when you had a situation where people could walk faster than streetcars were going that were carrying 65 or 70 or 80 people. Is that a sustainable situation? Was that status quo something we could leave there? I think everybody agreed, even the businesses, King Street wasn't working the way it was before because you had streetcars going slower than people walking. So we've made a change on a pilot project basis. If you looked at it, not only was it true to say what you did, that the streetcars are moving faster, but they're also much more reliable, and the traffic impact has been almost n nothing. That's what the statistics that came out yesterday said, six seconds or 12 seconds difference, which is really nothing. And so the one thing that we really have to work on, I think, in earnest is the impact on business. And I think a lot of that is because some of the very people who are listening to us right now are people who think somehow that they're not allowed to come downtown or that it's chaotic when you get downtown, none of which is true. If you came downtown before and if you parked in a parking lot, admittedly some of the parking spaces on King Street are gone, but there weren't that many of them anyway, and most people found them impossible to get. And they were really expensive. They right. were no cheaper than if, parking it, in a but lot. But if you – all the parking lots – we didn't close a single parking lot as a result of the King Street pilot. You may have to get there differently, and the people you're going to see, whether it's a restaurant or the theater or the symphony, they will tell you what's involved. They will even send you online a map or tell you how to get there with the new it's not that complicated but i think a lot of people have been a bit nervous about it and i we're going to take a number of measures starting very soon maybe as early as tomorrow to help those businesses to promote the fact they're still there and you can still get there and all that stuff and i just think though that we had to try something on king street because the streetcars which carry thousands of people every day uh, were traveling slower than people walking and that's just not clearly not acceptable okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give you my personal sure. experience sure. with King Street I was I had to go see a new dentist on Mercer Street yep just as that thing was was happening and of course at rush hour because I have to leave after a day of work and I left a huge amount of time to get there we're, we're in Liberty Village and it took almost no time at all to get there uh, well, that, yeah. that's a, so to me that's, that's a good news story well that it is a, that's, you, were it you is. going on the streetcar or in a car no, no, no. I was going in a car. All right. So in the car, it suggests the traffic was not adversely no, no, affected by I the would, King Street pilot. Normally, if at that time, if I was trying to get to King Street, it would have taken me – I well, I left half an hour, 35 minutes, and it, it took 15 minutes. Sure. And where we are here in Liberty Village, there are thousands upon thousands of people who live and work here. 
and we have to make sure they can come and go from their neighborhood and the people downtown. And so that's what we're trying to do. And it's a pilot project, and we're willing to change it during the pilot project. This is the first indication of data that just came out yesterday, the first time, and there'll be data every month made public, so everybody will see what's going on. And we'll make changes as we have to do so to help business and to do other things to move people faster and better. Um, our objective is to have a win-win for everybody here, and I'm determined that that's what, exactly what's going to happen. Okay, let's uh, take a call from Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. Uh, you know, I kind of find it offensive that you're pointing the finger at Rob Ford and destabilizing uh, the government. You know, people voted for Rob Ford because they wanted change, and then you come in, you're exactly the opposite to change. You know, you're the one that handed the reins of power to Kathleen Wynne and Dalton McGinty that have destroyed this province. We want change. We don't want the same old, and that's what you, you are to me. So on that, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, well, I would only say to that yeah. that uh, we brought about a lot of change at City Hall, and that the fact is uh, I'll just let the record of the previous administration speak for itself in terms of what went on at City Hall and the level of... Uh, uh, disrespect people had for the place uh, by the end of that time. Um, and I don't think people want to go to go back to that. I believe that I've tried very hard, and I think a lot of people acknowledge that I've tried hard to return respect and honesty and integrity to uh, the office of mayor and to my dealings with the council and to my dealings with the other governments. And uh, the, the man that called maybe upset about Kathleen Wynne and Dalton McGinty, I didn't... I mean, he's saying because I lost an election, <laughs> provincially somehow I turned the reins of power over to them. They already had it. Dalton yeah. McGinty was the premier when I became leader of the Ontario PCs and he was the premier when I left. And I lost an election. I'm sorry I did. Um, and other people may be sorry about that. But the bottom line is that he was already there. So, um, you know, look, you just try your best in, in these jobs and that's all you can do. Try to do the right thing the right way. And that's exactly what I've been trying to do. Okay. We have to take a, qu a quick break. I'm here with Mayor John Tory. And uh, if you have opinions on all the things we've been talking about, traffic congestion, pedestrian deaths, pedestrian safety, bike lanes, the Scarborough subway. Uh, we're going to talk about Rail Deck Park when we come back. And also, um, Mayor Tory says his biggest accomplishment is restoring respect and uh, stability at City Hall and that uh, we'll go back to chaos if uh, Doug Ford is elected. So I'd like to hear what you think of that. The numbers before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, and we'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with Mayor John Tory. We're going to go right to the phones and uh, I'm asking you callers to make your questions and comments brief so we can uh, get to everyone. Let's start with Marek in Toronto. Hi, Marek. Oh, yes, good day. Um, I have a comment. I'm riding my bicycle and um, on King Street, and the, but I'm also a driver. So the problem is that, um, in my opinion, it should be one-way street car, just one line on King Street, and we will have the three lanes for the cars, and on King and on Queen Street, uh, westward. So he... And uh, he, because I don't see uh, the life is that King Street is dead, and it's I think also unfair to give one week notice to the revolution to the drivers uh, to be punished by the getting the the tickets. 
Well, Merrick, if I, if I can respond to that, you may be right that the one week was a little short, uh, you know, in terms of the period. People had certainly been had known that this change was going to take place in King Street for months, and there had been all kinds of big public meetings and various things. But I think that point may be well taken. Maybe we should have had two weeks or three weeks without tickets. I don't know. Um, can't change that now, but it's a point worth considering. I think with respect to the business of one way for King Street and the other way for Queen Street, that suggestion has been made many times, and I have to rely on the advice of the experts, and the experts say that's not going to work as well as what we're trying to do here. Uh, and I'm just telling you that that's what they've said, because that suggestion's been made many times, and ironically, one of the reasons they say that is because business is better off with streets that are other than one way. In other words, you create more street life uh, if you have two-way streets than one-way streets. But I, I, the choice here of doing something on King Street such as we're doing was the advice of the experts with a lot of public consultation. Okay, let's go to Don in Toronto. Hi, Don. Hello, good afternoon Hi. and happy Hanukkah. Thank you. Um, I'd just like to make a comment about Mayor Tory's comment. That's why I'm here, ma'am. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Okay. Just brief, please. <laughs> it's very brief. It's very brief. I think that uh, Rob Ford was a very ill man. He did try his best, and he did do a lot of good things. But to pick up a brush and tar his brother with the same brush because he's in the same family is completely wrong. And the only way that you're going to get any benefit from that, it's going to be negative. Yeah, Don't and I'll just, I won't, I won't get I into all that. I turn you over her knee, okay? Yeah. Okay. I'll only say to you, ma'am, that, uh, you know, that uh, sort of uh, puts aside the role that uh, Mr. Doug Ford played in that administration. He was, by his own admission, his brother's closest advisor and the person most intimately involved in everything they did, which included, it's just a fact of life, it included cutting bus routes and uh, having non-existent partnerships with the other governments and a very poor relationship with the city council. Those are just facts. Okay. Uh, let's go to Fred in Toronto. Hello, Fred. Hello. You're on the air? Uh, Mayor Tory, I would like to know why, why you're so adamant about building this Scarborough subway when the ridership is not going to be there, and it's going to be another boondoggle like the, the Shepherd subway, they, the province was going to pay for a LRT, which would have served the residents of Scarborough very well, and now you don't want that. Why, why is this? Well, first of all, the decision that was made to change what was an LRT to a subway was made uh, in the Ford administration and has been voted on by the city council, I think, probably close to a dozen times since, number one. Number two, uh, the uh, all three levels of government support the subway. Uh, all political parties support the subway. Every single elected representative from Scarborough, save and except one, out of all the levels of government, support the subway. Why? I don't, I don't because, because the subway is going to be a great long-term investment that's going to be a magnet for investment and jobs for Scarborough and the center of Scarborough, which is the only part of the city that is not connected up to the higher-order transit. What, why no value for money audit on the subway? Yeah. Well, when, when the, uh, the present uh, work being done on the Scarborough subway comes back with 30% of the design actually done, that is the time when you will see what the, the and the only time when you're really able to sort of look um, in a way that reflects 30% of the planning and design being done at what the cost will be. And that is the time to look at all the facts. Uh, and that's precisely why we have what's called a stage-gated process where these reports come back as the work is done. And so that's the time to be looking at this. Uh, and I think otherwise, the motion that was put quite recently was just one more attempt to have one more vote 
which would add to the dozen, uh, and where the outcome has always been the same, which is that the people vote in majority, because there's never unanimity on these things, to build a subway. And as I say, the decision started in the last term of the council. It's been voted on a dozen times since. All levels of government, all political parties, all elected representatives except one support it. And so in that sense, I would say that I'm doing something that I believe myself, leaving aside all these other people, will be in the best long-term interests of Scarborough and attracting jobs and investment to Scarborough. Okay. Uh, we're basically out of time. Uh, people whose calls I couldn't get to, Free For All Friday is coming up, so please call back. Uh, Mayor Tory, in 30 seconds, what would you like to leave us with? i just like to say to people that we've got to continue to move forward constructively in partnership with the other governments, working in partnership with the City Council uh, in a very deliberative way to build transit. You know, the Scarborough subway extension is one project of an entire network transit plan for the first time that's been approved by the entire City Council. We've attracted billions of dollars to help to fund it. We've got to finish that job. We've got to build that transit. We've got to address the housing and keep meeting our targets, which we did for the first time this year, targets set back in 2009. And so we're just going to move forward with that and get the housing addressed, get the transit addressed, um, and continue to run a government that people can see is stable, um, is a good partner or a respectful partner, and move forward from there. Okay. Mayor John Tory, thanks so much for being here. We're going to have to get you back because obviously we could not get to all our callers Thank uh, you, again. And happy holidays. And Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.